Welcome to another episode of Two Crones in a Book, where your host Shell and Annette get together to talk book-related stuff. This could be a review of a book, watch-along of movies based on books, or general ramblings. But be warned, each episode, including this one, contains adult language and spoilers. Consider yourself thoroughly warned, and welcome to our chaotic tea party. Welcome to another episode of Two Crones and a Book. This is your host, Shell and... And Annette. Uh, And today, as promised, we are going to talk about Platform 7 by Louise Dougherty. Correct me if I'm wrong, Annette, we both wanted to scream and shout at the book. Yeah, oh God, yeah. I will say, I think we need to put like an additional trigger warning on this, though, for people. If you have or know someone who's experienced domestic abuse, this could be a bit of a trigger for you. So just a warning in advance. If if you don't feel that you can listen to this, we've got plenty of other episodes that you'll definitely enjoy. So an additional warning, not only is it as explicit content and language, um, as Annette's just said, the trigger warning for domestic violence. Yeah. Let's go straight in, Annette. What did you think? Right. Okay. So this is definitely, for me, a book of three halves of how it made me feel. At the beginning, the character, our main character, is very descriptive of everything on this platform. Now, at first, I was like, oh, God, this is one of those, I've got to meet a word quota, so I'm going to describe everything. But eventually, it kind of made sense why she was so obsessive about everything is because this was her world for the last two years. And nothing else. And she had no memory. Yeah. Pre. No, so she knew everything in such great detail. Yes. So I kind of I let that slide. Yeah. Yep. The middle section, I was so irate. Oh my god! <laughs> I, <laughs> this 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 male protagonist in this book, I, I I wanted to rip my earphones off when I was in the street. I was shouting at the Alexa when I was doing the dishes, listening to parts of this. Oh, so much so that I got a message from you. And normally we try not to talk to each other about the book pre-episode. But I, I was getting random messages going, oh, my fucking God, what chapter are you on? So I knew it was bad. No, I could feel myself like pulling faces walking down the street, you know. I swear there was one point when I was out walking the dog. Thank God there was no one around. And out of nowhere, like 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 a person with Tourette's is just like, fuck off, shouting out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, no, de- I'm, I'm with you so far. Yeah. yeah, so so there was that. And then the final section has said that I, it kind of tailed off completely for me. And I kind of didn't give a shit anymore <laughs> because it was such a damp squib of an ending to that relationship and how it ended and what happened to her how it really happened yeah and then it's like and then you're telling me about these other characters that these are it's like i don't really care about those side characters no i mean i'm i'm with you when it first started i thought okay yeah a little bit over descriptive but maybe it's setting the scene mm. you know this is this is someone who is on a station um and initially i didn't i only realized that she was dead and she was a ghost because of what I'd read about the book, the, the synopsis and that of the book. Yeah. But that comes to light when another guy right at the beginning comes and he's going to kill himself as well. Yeah. And she tries to stop it. There were moments in this book when I I did, I wanted to scream at it. I wanted <laughs> to, to shout at the character. And it's, 
she is it turns out as the book progresses it turns out that she she is a victim she was because she's now dead she was a victim um of domestic violence although not necessarily physical no so in one sense i think that there aren't many books that challenge that perception no you know everybody automatically for whatever reason thinks domestic violence is when you're you're being hit or or hurt physically in some way this does demonstrate that there is so much more to domestic violence than you give it credit for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would I would say that those sections of the book honestly should be given to teenage girls so they can see what psychological yeah. abuse is. Definitely. I mean, it's for me, the main thing that I took from this is that it is a cautionary tale. Oh, yeah. You know, one of the things that you take from it is it's a reminder that it's really easy when you're looking from the outside to see the signs and recognize them for what they are. But the guy in it, Matty, the guy who's her partner, and the stuff that he starts to to do to her and that subtle niggling Mm. and that put put the hairs on the back of your neck up and you, you know, you wanted to scream, this is no good, babe. You know, this this, this guy's no good. You you know, you, you need to be running for the hills. But you, the people who do that, so like Matty, the people who do that, they're really clever in the way that they do it. And they lay those foundations. They can spend years, months or years laying those foundations. And then it's a really slow progress, an escalation that goes with it. And before you know it, that, you know, all of a sudden these people uh, will find themselves and they're, they're isolated because that's one of the key things yes. that he did and, and that people like that do. So they isolate you from your support structure. The ones that remain in your life, like parents and that, they make sure that they're ultimately charming for. Yep. They've normally got this facade that they present to the rest of the world. Like in this case, Matt, he's a doctor. You know, well, I'm a doctor. I wouldn't do something like that. Yeah. So they've got that that shield. And as much as you wanted to to scream at her and, and say, what the fuck are you putting up with? Why are you justifying his behavior? Why are you tolerating it? It's because she's been in it and she's had, she's been conditioned oh, to gotcha. accept it. You know, and you have to fully recognise that people, men and women who are victims of, of, of domestic abuse, because of that slow escalation, it isn't straight in and bang. You know, yeah. they it's so much harder for them to leave. And that's how, that's how they would end up feeling trapped and afraid. It, yeah. So although I wanted to scream at it, I really did feel sorry for her. Oh, yeah. No, no. I wasn't screaming at her. I was screaming at him the whole time. You wanted to hit him with something, didn't you? Oh, my God. Oh, I was punching fresh air, Michelle. I was so angry. (laughs) Yeah, you you know, you want to turn around and go, you think that fucking clever? Go get someone else then. Do you know? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But um, so that was one thing from me from from the outside. Yeah, I just, I I don't, I don't know. Although this was a, a really good book to... Uh, initiate emotion in you yeah so whether it was rage whether it was pity whether you, you know for all the characters that are in it I don't know if it's something that I would would recommend to anybody else other than a cautionary read no how this to be honest how this is passed as a, a horror book I have no idea I was the same I thought you know ghost on a platform it's gonna be great you know and it's a British train station and I was a bit like where's this going and yeah. it jumped a lot and although I some some of those books that I love that are like two timelines running at the same time, yeah, there wasn't for me that parody. It didn't quite blend that jumping back and forth. Yeah, kind of struggled with that. And to be honest, if I'm if I've gone through all this, this is. I mean, I know the reality is that 
there's not always going to be a happy ending you know there's not always going to be that that kind of yes get in moment you know at the end the revenge point i wanted revenge and i didn't get it i would have liked some revenge i'd have liked the the best friend to have caught him out or something yeah uh, oh, oh although he does get his 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 comings in the end doesn't he i know but it's just some <laughs> it was yeah so unsatisfying I, I... But I found a lot of the book was like that. A lot of the book, you just, you wanted a bigger punch. Yeah. You know, like you, you a little bit more, other than just the pure anger and rage that you felt at this bloke. Oh, God, because it got me up there. No denying that, but it, it it did. It just felt you left really, really unsatisfied with all this pent up feeling. And then it's just kind of like, I'm just going <laughs> to. Yeah. And, oh, and well. I felt that it detracted from her. Oh, yeah, definitely. Every time he entered the scene of the book, you were thinking, come on then. You know, like, what, what are you going to do now, big boy? Yeah, exactly. But then all, all those side characters, though, they I know it was, I suppose it was trying to show a balance of relationships and things, but it's like, I don't really need to see all these. No, I, I did think that it was clever that she tied them all down. Because we're experienced readers, when she was making notes of people, yeah. you kind of got the vibe that you needed to pay attention. Yeah. Um, and she does tie them all down. To be honest, by the time we got to the end and it was telling everybody's stories of where they were going to, where they ended up, to be honest, Michelle, I wasn't really paying much attention because I was so let yeah. down by what, how she eventually died and the fact of just he got to carry on living his life, though it wasn't a happy life, he got to carry on. Yeah. I was At that point, I was like, do you know what? I, I, I'll listen, but I'm not hearing. <laughs> And I, I was a little bit, I didn't feel it was particularly necessary for the amount of time spent on the twins. So she's trapped in the station, but there's a guy she takes a shine to that she nicknames Caleb. Yeah, yes. Um, but then that was a wraparound. Yeah, and but then that's how she gets out of the station yeah. because all of a sudden she she's so obsessed with him. I kind of get that it's another form of grief because there's a lot of grief in this yeah. book. It's it's another display of grief for different reasons because they it turns out that the guy that she saw kill himself was their dad who was a pedophile a nasty fucker yeah yeah but you don't know that in the beginning no. you've, you've got this cycle going through but there was an awful lot of time and an awful lot of effort went into them and I didn't really I just didn't feel it you know um, so yeah I mean one of the things that she she does is she ties every character that she mentions in the book she gives you closure on and I felt that that was a little bit too much like you said at the beginning I just I, I didn't care really about the security guard he seemed like a nice guy but that's not who I was reading the book for no this whole side story with his experience of um crossing the English channel and this this horrific incident that happened to him and how it's affected how his relationship with women but it it should have been a book in itself it just, not, yeah yeah it yeah it deserved its own story not to be a side story in this which is a different dealing of relationships and why am I caring about a guy buying a ukulele? I, do you know what I mean? I don't know if that was just a, where the author was trying to humanise the, the copper. But there was quite a bit on yeah. there. I, I was like, yeah, okay. Um, I did think about chapter nine, that it was the young guy, before we knew that uh, that he was the, the son of the guy who killed himself, 
that she'd witnessed. I did yes. think, well, did he kill her? You know, yes. and I thought, oh, I wonder that'd be a twist. But he didn't. I did find that this book was a, a, a really bleak presentation of humanity. And it was really depressing because it actually felt really accurate. Some of the things that she did put in her use of language and, and phrasing, I kind of related to and it, it, it did hit home. I mean, one of the things is uh, about page 295, which is uh, the first time she, she gets out of the house. So when, when she's still alive, it's a flashback when she's still alive. It's the first time she runs out of the the flat in the middle of the night away from, from Matty. Matty, yeah. Um, and she says, uh, you know, why do we talk about the small hours? Because it's the middle of the night. Why do we talk about the small hours? They're vast. And I thought, actually, that's... It's it's true. If you're someone who is a night person and you're walking around, we call it the small hours, but it, it isn't. It, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Chapter nine as well, I, I, I thought was really, uh, sorry, chapter 18 was desperately sad. And you think that it's a flash of her in the future. So it's a, a woman waking up alone in her 80s. Her thermostat doesn't work. She, you know, she's hobbling out of bed. And it's much later that you find out that after her, her death, her mum and dad split up and it was actually a, a premonition of her mum's future. The mind reading thing really fucking freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, so not only when you die, there's a possibility that you won't get any rest. You know, you also completely helpless because you can see the future and you can read people's minds. And do absolutely fuck all about it. That That made me very uncomfortable. But it's it's funny because like it also shows the fact that she the that we thought that the character was her her in an alternate future if she hadn't died mm. doesn't it just go to show well maybe there's more to what was happening what she grew up around and what she saw you know with the mum and dad's relationship yeah although she thought they were her rock she thought they were her steady rock. I don't know how I feel about this book. No, I mean, there were hints that something... Because the the mum obviously had always had this opinion that because she has epilepsy and her daughter had epilepsy, that they should be just grateful that anybody wants them. But I think there's there's more to the mum's story than uh, is actually explored. I would have, I think I would have preferred to have more focus on that than some of the other side stories, just for how... She hated it when it came to winter that time of the year because her mum always references when it was that bleak, cold, you know, it's past Christmas yeah. and all that. And it just, it reminds me of when you were born and like, almost yeah, like... she was a January baby. Yeah, yeah. and the, it's like, well, you chose to have me. It's not my fault. It's like, but did she? From what it sounds like, she yeah. did things just to please, to keep her husband, you know? Yeah. And it's like, kind of, well... Like an inherent thing. Oh, you know what I mean? It's just this is an inherent... Is it programming? Yeah. Yeah. Is, is it something that, you know, monkey see, monkey do this because you've grown up witnessing it? Yeah. That, that, that's just the behaviour that you... The acceptance is, is what you... I mean, is this is this well. now... This could go further back to the grandmother in the ear. Like, you'll be lucky if you ever get a man having this epilepsy. Yeah. Just be grateful. You do as you're told. Keep yeah. him happy. Give him what he wants. Yeah, because there's this whole reference about the kettle. Her parents' kettles. Yeah. Um, I do think it was incredibly sad when she went back to her parents' house and it was empty. And the I did think it was quite 
clever where it stood out to me, the karma thing. So she, when she first meets Matty, she tells him, he says to her, what's the worst thing you've ever done? You know, they're having a, a little heart to heart chat. And she says that she was on her way to meet a friend and she sees a woman yes. um, obviously in trouble um, through a window of a flat and the curtain shut. And then it, it, right at the end of the book, that, that links in because Matty then uses that against her um, and throws a newspaper at her and, and it's the woman died, the woman was murdered. Yeah. And when she's making closure right at the end of the book, she goes back to the flat. That was a little bit bizarre to me. That kind of came out of nowhere. So she goes back to the flat. All of a sudden she's floating in the air outside the window and then she seeks forgiveness and then she puts her hands through the window because the woman is trapped in the flat yeah. the same that she was on the platform. Although the woman says to her, it wouldn't have made any difference if you'd have called the police, I'd have turned them away. That's what I always did. Yeah. Um, and then she pulls the w- woman through the window and then the woman's happy because she's free and can go anywhere. She could go to Waitrose. A- <laughs> yeah, because the donuts look good. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was a bit like, okay, that's a bit of a, a side swipe. I mean, maybe it's kind of like, you know, you've been trapped in this rut your entire life. You don't have to stay in this rut now. You, you know, you de- yeah. it's like death is a freedom for, but it's like, that's a bit of a bleak outlook. Is like your fr- your freedom is death. Yeah. I, I don't think I like that. If that's the message, I'm not keen. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I wasn't keen on any of the, the death message here. Although there was a couple of points. I did think that it, it did have some snippets of really good reflection on, on grief and the people that you leave behind. Yeah. Um, and particularly the people you leave behind after suicide. I once heard a, a really good phrase, which was, uh, suicide doesn't make the pain go away, it just passes it on to someone else. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that was a reflection in here. Um, I did like as well what she said about the graveyard. You know, the, the dead don't bother haunting graveyards. They are the last places on earth they need to haunt. Yeah, exactly. And, and I thought... That's true. Everybody's frightened of them, but really, why would anybody loiter there? You know, if you've got business that's keeping you here, it isn't going to be at the graveyard, God, is it? No, no. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know how I felt about this book. It was it was depressing. It was bleak. It I wouldn't have categorised it as horror. No. And I think it was a little bit too long. I got bored. It was. Um, I mean, I think it. I to be honest, I've stopped writing down the the stats, which is a bit naughty of me. Because we just get so into all this now. Yeah. Um, what I will say, I think it clocked up to just over nine hours as a listen. How long did it take you to physically read? Uh, I don't know because I was doing it on and off. But, it, I mean, it was uh, 474 pages. It wasn't a difficult read. Yeah. It was some load, you know, some books you have to work out. So it wasn't like a, a Frankenstein where you've got to really focus. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> but it... <laughs> But it, it was, yeah, I, I don't know. You kind of, when you put your bookmark in and you put it down. So I didn't have a burning desire to keep going. So sometimes, you know, if it's late at night and you think, you know, well, I'll, I'll read before bed. Um, and you think, oh, I've, I've just got to read one more chapter. Yeah. I didn't have that with this. I, do you know, I just, I, I think this is, a, if you read it, you read it. If you don't, you don't. Sort of book. I, I don't think I've got a... And either way for it, I, I recognise the grief. I like some of the language, but I'm not going to necessarily run around and say to everybody, read it. No, there's, if you're looking for a ghost story, this is not for you. No, but if you're looking for a cautionary tale, specifically around domestic violence, yep. then yes. yes. Absolutely. But yeah, and I, I just, I was a bit like, meh. Yeah, I, I give it a bit of a meh myself. 
A meh. Have we just created a new category? A meh. meh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's don't avoid it. Wouldn't recommend you go and buy it. And it was just a bit meh. It's it's a time filler. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think you'd necessarily have it as a holiday book. I don't know. Bit of a. Uh, just not my sort of holiday. Book. No, I'd be too depressed on the beach. I don't want to be crying. Don't want to be crying into my margarita. <laughs> or, or randomly shouting out, "You wanker!" Yeah, I do that anyway on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't know how I felt about it. It's it's got a very cool cover. Um, I had really high hopes for it. Yeah. Especially because it was British, and it's a station we've been through at some point. Yeah, you know, it. it I just was a bit like, Ugh. yeah, no, it was a, it was a, it's a shame. It is a shame. Mm. I mean, that to be honest, that opening was good. That I like the opening. I thought it had potential, but, but we've been here before with good openings. No one talk about the journey. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was hard to get ex- excited about. You know, I I was a bit like all the way through. I mean, if you want something, if you're doing a study or you want something that you can reference on grief, then this is good. If you want something that ties in with um, domestic violence, then this is a really good way of doing that because it's subtle. Yeah. It's not in your face. But it's very clear what's happening. But if you're looking for something that packs a horror or supernatural punch, it's not it. No. That's, I think that's it. Well, I mean, I, I think the episode is a reflection of how anticlimactic the book was. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, we can't get excited either way. No. It, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, everybody. Sorry. I wish you could see me lose my shit on the street. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, I, I would really, really, in it, really like to read something serious horror next time with no dispute that it's horror. 100% your suggestion what we're we doing a decision has been made we are going to read my heart is a chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones I'm sold well I, I can't remember the details all I know is I read it before and I had it on the list of all these uh, new horrors that were out this yep. year so it is a brand new book out yep. this year and it is available on audible thank god Excellent. Well, I mean, that, that, yeah, I'm up for it. I'd, I'd like to get my, my teeth into something. Some proper horror. horror. This, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, we hope we haven't been too anticlimactic for you. We've said that a couple of times now. There's been a couple of yeah. books. Um, let's, let's do it, do darling. Okie doke. Let's love you and leave you. Speak to you soon. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Two Crones and a Book. If you would like to contact the show, you can email us at twocronespodcast at gmail.com and don't forget to follow us on social media for episode content and more. You can find us on Twitter at Two Crones Pod and on Instagram at Two Crones and a Book. Also join our Facebook group at Two Crones and a Book. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the show on your podcast listening app of choice. Take care now and we'll see you next time. Bye.